Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Sunday morning and another message today. And what I'd like to do over the next few weeks is talk to you about the heart of Jesus. We're going to compare that heart to the heart of our church and, of course, to us individually, just to make sure that we're understanding what we are to be and do in order to replicate the heart of Jesus. Well, let me read to you our scripture lesson for today. It comes from the book of Philippians chapter 2. This is a familiar verse set. Hopefully you've heard this before. We talk about this when we talk about Jesus coming to this earth and going to the cross. So Paul said in Philippians 2 and verse 5, the attitude you should have is the one that Christ Jesus had. He always had the nature of God, but he did not think that by force he should try to remain equal with God. Instead of this, of his own free will, he gave up all he had and took the nature of a servant. He became like a human being and appeared in human likeness. He was humble and walked the path of obedience all the way to death, his death on the cross. For this reason, God raised him to the highest place above and gave him the name that is greater than any other name. And so in honor of the name of Jesus, all beings in heaven, on earth, and in the world below will fall on their knees, and all will openly proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So then, dear friends, as you always obeyed me when I was with you, it is more important that you obey me while I'm away from you. Keep on working with fear and trembling to complete your salvation, because God is always at work in you to make you willing and able to obey his own purpose. Okay, so we're talking about having the heart of Jesus. And today we're going to start this mini-series by talking about a servant's heart. So what is it about Jesus that causes some to fall in love with him and others to repel against his message? And, and if you're out there in the world and you're talking about your faith, you're finding people who fall in love with Jesus and you're finding people who repel against that message and they may repel against you or me. And it's really repelling against God that they're doing. What is it about Jesus that causes some to desire to follow him and others to persecute him? In this series, we're going to take a look at the heart of Jesus and then compare that heart to the church today, as I mentioned, with its missions and its mandates. And we'll look at why Jesus was so dedicated to the missions and mandates of heaven and what the results were. So let's start today by talking about what a servant is. There are obviously different definitions of the word servant, just like many words. One common theme, though, is that the one who is a servant is considered inferior to his master, whether it's someone who employs him, a modern example, or someone who controls his freedom, a more ancient example. Whatever the cause is, a servant is beholden to someone else. Within this relationship is the need to yield his or her will to the one who has control over his or her circumstances. Now, in Scripture, there are several uses of the word servant. Let me just give you a few. Uh, people devoted to the service of others. We see this in Psalm 119. The subjects of a prince or a king. We see this in Exodus chapter 9. Persons of low condition. We see this in Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Persons devoted to God. Psalm 119. Now, it's the last category that we'll be focusing on in this message. As every child of God is called 
to be a servant of God. Now, my wording of that last statement is actually bordering on being incorrect in a way. And that is, if one is a child of God, then that one has made a conscious decision to yield his or her will to God and allow God to be the Lord of that life. Within this intimate and eternal relationship is a covenant with God promising daily strength and blessings and his child, that's you and me, promising daily submission and devotion. So a better way of saying this is that every child of God is a servant of God. However, as you know and I know, not every person who calls himself or herself a child of God turns out to be a servant of God. This lack of service by a child of God speaks to an issue of the heart. And this is a good place to compare Jesus' heart regarding service to our own. So my second point for you today is our example. Philippians chapter 2 starts out with a spiritual reality that requires a physical response. Verse 1, which we didn't read today, points out two strengths of the Philippian church, their strength and their love for others. Their strength was because of Christ's comforting love, same as you and me. Their love and compassion were because of the Holy Spirit's fellowship with them. Again, same as you and me. Now notice that first God gave to them. Then they received his gifts, and then they shared them with others. And this is the general pattern of how sinners who are now saved become servants. Let me read that again. First God gave to them. Then they received his gifts. Then they shared them with others. So, They heard the message of salvation. They responded. They became changed spiritually and then devoted their lives to God for his glory and his kingdom. This is the pattern for you and me. We hear the message. And for those of us who have been walking with the Lord for some time, we heard the message of salvation. And we responded. If you call yourself a child of God, a Christian, you responded to that message of salvation. It's at that moment that we become spiritually changed. And then it's at that moment that we're called to devote our lives to God for his glory and his kingdom. Now, Paul went on in Philippians 2 to offer his readers the logical results of having Jesus as their firm foundation. This is in verses 2 through 4. With that foundation secure and the heart directed towards God, Paul told his readers to have the same attitude as Christ. This is where we picked up in our lesson today. Before we review that attitude, let me ask a question. Are we willing to put aside our attitudes and desires and imitate those of Jesus? If we are, then we will have a servant's heart. If we're not, then missed blessings and spiritual hardness are often the result. Now, in verses 6 through 8 of our lesson, we're given what I believe is the greatest definition of a servant. Here is one who had everything. Now, this is God. He who had everything gave everything up so that those who had nothing, that's you and me, could have everything. Let me say that again. Here, one who had everything, that is God, gave everything up, that is giving up Jesus on the cross, so that those who had nothing, that's you and me, could have everything. Now, in verse 6, Jesus offers us the reality, and in verse 7, his heart. 
Now, this word being, and in, in the King James Version, it's in the form of God. Jesus being in the form of God became a human being. This properly means existing. Jesus existed as God before coming to this earth. This means that Jesus existed in his pre-incarnate state. To become a human being, which is what Jesus did, of course, showed the ultimate form of humility. So the question for you and me is, what is our limit for humility in our lives? Will we go to any length to accomplish God's will in our lives? Even if it sometimes means we receive attacks of our pride or we receive that which is humiliating towards us. Well, before we go too far with, I don't want that, what more humiliation could Jesus endure than becoming a human being and dying a criminal's death for us? Now, in verse 7, we have the greatest expression of love, I believe, that God could give. Jesus, the creator. Now, he's listed as the creator in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16. Jesus, the creator, emptied himself of rank and dignity and made himself equal to nothing in the eyes of man. Are we willing to place the needs of others above our own to the point of giving of ourselves for their cause? Are the lost souls around us viewed with such longing and love that we would go outside of our comfort zones and do whatever it took to plant a seed of hope in their hearts? If so, if these are things we would do, we would imitate the heart of Jesus. All right, my final point for you today is, what does a servant of God do? The Bible is a practical book. It gives us instructions on how to behave and how to think. I'm going to give you a lengthy list. This will only take a minute, but I'm going to give you a lengthy list of things that a servant of God does, and I will provide for you uh, some scripture, uh, some scriptures for each one. So what does a child of God do for others? Honors them. Now we see this in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 1. Uh, be a subject to them. This is to others, the needs of others now. 1 Peter chapter 2, our chapter, but in verse 18. Obeys them, Ephesians 6, 5. Attends to their call, Psalm 123 and verse 2. Pleases them well in all things. These are those who have needs. Titus 2.9. Sympathizes with them. 2 Samuel 12.18. Prefers their business to their own necessary good. This goes all the way back to Genesis 24 and verse 33. Blesses God for mercy shown to those in need around us. Those that we are serving. Genesis 24.27. Being faithful to them. Luke 16. 10 through 12, being profitable to them, Luke 19, 15, being anxious for their welfare, 1 Samuel 25, verses 14 through 17, being earnest in transacting their business, this is honesty, Genesis 24, 54 through 56, being prudent in the management of their affairs, should we be in a position of taking care of the affairs of another, we want to be prudent in the management of those affairs. Genesis 24, 34 through 49. Being industrious in laboring for them. Perhaps someone we're serving is our boss. We want to be industrious in our labor for them. 
This is Nehemiah 4.16. Being kind and attentive to their guests. Genesis 43.23 and 24. Not answering them rudely. Titus 2.9. Not serving them with eye service as men pleasers, as the Bible put it. Ephesians 6.6. Not defrauding them. Titus 2.10. Just two more. Being content in their situation, 1 Corinthians 7, 20 and 21. And finally, being compassionate to their fellows, to their friends, to their cohorts, Matthew 18, 33. Now apply these attitudes to our service to God. Does this describe our daily walk for the one who gave everything to provide you and me with life everlasting? Does this describe our church's general attitude about ministry and why we exist? All right, let's conclude. We are saved, chosen children of God. And so, if you can say that about yourself, that means that our home is now heaven. And our mission is the lost. And so our attitude should be as Jesus was. What was it? Humility, putting others first. That's what Jesus did. Love regardless of who or what that person is. When Jesus died on that cross, it was for all people regardless of who and what they were. Compassion, doing what is right for the glory of God. And finally, trust. Now this is in Jesus for our daily bread and protection. These are the marks of the child of God when that child of God is also a servant of God. Now every local church is part of the body of Christ. And, and, and that means that we own nothing. We decide nothing. We dictate nothing that does not come from God. All of our decisions as a church need to clearly reflect and agree with Scripture. And to accomplish this goal, all members need to be on fire for Christ. This begins with the attitude of a servant. Today we talk about a servant of God. Well, there you have it. Our first installment of the heart of Jesus, being a servant of God. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your provision and your protection. We thank you, Lord, that your word gives us what we need to do and know and think so that we can be successful in this Christian walk with you, this this faith walk that we have with you. Help us to be servants of you by reaching out and taking the love that you give us and offering that love to those around us. Just small, random acts of kindness is where it starts, I believe. And Lord, we just ask for your protection during this time with this virus still active around us. Asking for your provision. Help us to stay safe and make those right decisions. And Lord, we give you this time and we just thank you for your love and your provision In the name of Jesus. All right, my friends, let me know if you need anything. Stay safe, be well. Until next time, God bless.